Today is a great day for car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. She's a song on a car. Good day and welcome to the car wash. The first car wash of 2021, episode number 58. On today's show, we discuss Percy Dow's latest uh, with his Brighton situation. We react to the PSL with Sundowns defeating Pirates and we preview the upcoming week in football action. I, of course, am not alone. I am joined by the one and only former Ajax Cape Town and Mamalodi Sundowns goalkeeper, Mr. Sean Roberts. How are you doing, sir? We're back. We're back. I'm good. We're back. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you too. And I'm also joined by a former Mamalodi Sundowns, Orlando Pirates and Bafana Bafana midfielder, Mr. Teko Murisa. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Slu, how are you? I am all good, all good. Merry Christmas and a happy new year to you yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. let, me, let me just say something. Like, like yeah. For the listeners, we've got a, a car wash WhatsApp group. And, you know, when it's Teko's birthday, everyone's happy birthday, Teko. When it's Kurt's birthday, everyone's <laughs> happy birthday, Kurt. But nothing. For the 2nd of January, nothing was posted <laughs> I, on there. Nothing. I am very sorry. Listen, this deserves a car wash happy birthday. We're not going to sing for you. But um, happiest of belated birthdays to Mr. Sean Roberts. He just turned 65 years old, guys. You know, this guy. Uh, you're dead to me. You're, you're, all, you're all dead to me. Forget it. <laughs> Why so emotional, Sean? I just get emotional. Very, very sorry, man. I, I have no one's birthdays in my calendar. I only, I only knew Teko's one because somebody else posted in the group. I'm not going to. I even said on Twitter, it's my birthday. And I put a picture of something and nothing. Nothing. I log on to Twitter and it's just COVID uh, death, bro. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, listen, I have a birthday present for you. We're going to let you keep telling us jokes of the day. So how about that? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Such a big All right. baby. Yeah, this is a... <laughs> Do you want to hear a joke about a piece of paper? Never mind. It's terrible. Oh. <laughs> it's terrible. You like it? <laughs> I mean, I agree. It is terrible. So wish, sure. I could, wish I could tear that joke up. Hey. For sure, you couldn't wait for this year to begin, so you can tell us that joke, bro. I've been waiting like you cannot believe. Edge of my seat. Me, man. It's like I was waiting for my birthday wishes. Anyway, jeez. All right. Well, from there we move on to pole position. Pole position. Pole position is where we ask a question on our Facebook page uh, regarding local football. And uh, this week, uh, uh, in our first story of the day, as we'll be talking about Mr. Percy Thao, who's finally going to have his shot at English Premiership glory. Uh, And so we decided to ask, now that his situation is sorted, which other South African players could succeed in England? And here's what you guys had to say. I think Amapilat is the player that can succeed because he has proven himself so much from sundowns. Like even now in the in the in the Kaiser Chips, we can see that Kaiser Chip is struggling, but we can see that he 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 he's the one who, who who's really pulling the leg there. I also think uh, even Temba Zwane, uh, Vincent Pule, and Tembikos Lodge can be can qualify to be best footballers who can play for. English Premier Soccer League. Well, there you have it. It's a question that I'm also going to ask the gents, but let's just react to the story first of all. Percy Tao, it's one of the most ironic things because the reason why he's edging closer to his Premier League debut is actually because of new Brexit regulations. Um, and uh, I never thought I'd be pro-Brexit, but here we are. Percy Tao is finally, for those who don't know, Previously, the reason why he couldn't play for Brighton was work permit regulations uh, and the fact that South Africa was so uh, uh, ranked low, uh, so lowly ranked in the FIFA rankings. But now uh, the regulations have changed and, and his good performances in Belgium are the chief reason that he is going to have his shot in the Premiership because he made so many appearances. So, gents, your reaction to this fantastic news, Percy Thau, we're finally going to see another South African superstar in the Premiership. Your reactions? I know it's um, it's amazing, um, but it, 
yeah, I'm also not pro-Brexit whatsoever. But I mean, if there's one thing, if there's one positive to come out of this, it's, it's certainly this for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's been a lot of interest for him. Eh? I mean, there's, mm. there's been a lot of teams that have come in for his services and, and Brighton have held on. Um, they've paid their dues. He's obviously been on loan to three or four clubs and done very, very well. But I'm excited, man. This is he's going to take the Premier League by storm. I've got a feeling. Yeah, we're all going to rock Brighton shirts. How, how did you react? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. For me, um, it was exciting to 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 hear that. I mean, looking at the boy and, and the work that he's been putting in, in all these clubs and also in the national team as well. You know, it was about time. And for me to read about that, um, that was overjoyed, and I can't wait to actually see him live now on EPL. Uh, Sean, I, I passed the question on to you that we asked the, the listeners. Which other South African players do you think have a chance to succeed in England now that Dow is going to break through for us? You know, it's 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 a it's a big one because there's not many Percy Tows. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, Zwani for me for sure, world class. Um, but but do these guys have? The mental game that goes with it and that's the thing that that's why you don't see many south african players succeed overseas it's not because we're out of the top 50 that, that that's a lot of rubbish it's just because mentally we're not good enough and that's a fact there's not many percy tiles there's not many stephen pinos there's not many benny mccarthy's otherwise um this ix program that have been trying to work out for the first 15 years we've been sending three four players a season that hasn't happened um and and, the, and i don't know the reasons for that you would think these guys would be so hungry to get overseas um, and and to prove themselves, but it's it's it, it hasn't happened, and it's it's sad for sure. Timbers one, he's probably a little bit old to be honest. Um, but but Teko, can you think of someone offhand that you think could just I wouldn't say walk into Europe, but certainly um, give a good push? I mean, you've got your Keegan Dollies as well. There's talk of him leaving Europe, um, going to jo- uh, join or Pizzo there, but I don't know how true that is. Uh, That'll be a movie. Oh man, it'll be once you once you leave Europe, it's very difficult to get back in. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Sex? I mean, it's a, it's a tough. One. Uh, I'll I'll say I'll say um, before I get to to all the local players, I'll say Bongani Zungu because of the position that he plays and the height as well. Yeah. Because in the APL, you know, when you play that that anchor role, you have to have that height, and he he does have the bite as well. It's a yeah, good pass yeah. of the ball. And I've seen so many uh, footballers playing in the EPL in that position that are <laughs> So I think he can. Um, locally, I think the problem is what we have right now. I think Pace is one of those um, um, nice stories because he got an opportunity while he was still young. And in South Africa, you know how it is. When you're 25, you're still a young star. And that also limits the chances of you going overseas. Because once you're 27, if you, if you hit 27, you're still in South Africa. The chances are, if you actually do get a deal, it might be on Scandinavian countries or yeah. where there's a war next door. You might go to Iraq or somewhere like that, where it's not a footballing country. Yeah. Because we start, we give players uh, opportunities very late in their careers as well. And we, know, we all know how the clubs deal with, with issues of playing going overseas. They clubs and managers or agents will come out and say that ah, we want to send our players overseas but when that opportunity comes through we all know how the deal are done you know most of the players we don't have uh buying our clothes so it becomes a problem for us to go overseas and all that type of stuff but sure. for now i think the best player that is in the country right now is a little bit over age like you said i think tambazwani yeah. is a little bit over age and for him if if he has to go overseas, he'll probably go into those countries like your Tulanese Railroads and mm. and other guys as well. Probably maybe mm. Belgium, but I don't mm. see him going into those big, big, big uh, uh, leagues like EPL and all that type of stuff. So for yeah. me, I think maybe Pesitao by making it, I think maybe that might open another doors. Because if you remember your Benny Makatis, your Aaron Mokwenas, you know your Quentin Fortunes. You know there was there was a lot of them that went overseas that that, that following each other. So I think, and then then we had a, like a, this big gap that we didn't have anybody making it big in Europe. So after Steven Pinar, we're still waiting. And I think Pesitao might be the guy that actually brings um, um, back that feeling of players wanting to go overseas. Because I think most of the players in local football, they are overseas as Mamluti Sundowns. Mm. Their biggest ambition is if I can play at Mamluti Sundowns, I'm, I'm good. You know, yeah. not understanding that there's there's bigger money, there's bigger opportunities, there's bigger crowds, there's bigger tournament, there's bigger cups. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and I think we we South Africans, I think we 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 have our ambitions are not big enough. They're not scaring us, 
Hence, we settle for what we have. That's why we don't see many players fighting to go overseas. We don't see players playing in a way that they, they're supposed to be playing, especially uh, given the platform in the Bafana Bafan. Because I remember back then when, when you'd be given an opportunity to play in the Bafana Bafan, in your mind, you thought that there's a scout somewhere that is watching you. So this is an opportunity for you to actually showcase your talent. But we all know how Bafana Bafana plays. We all know how the players play in the Bafana Bafana as well. So I think Pessy is 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 the trump card for us. Maybe if he makes it, I think maybe there might be a, a new bunch of generation that will actually follow him. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, Sean, I want to pass the question over to you because you know you've also you also played for a little bit in England. You have some connection with the country. There's another angle here for South African uh, kids to make it into the Premier League. But uh, but there's a bit of a risk here. So there's a kid who's uh, coming through the ranks at Southampton. His name is uh, Jaukelo Chauke, right? He was actually mm -hmm. named on their bench recently against the uh, uh, against Liverpool. Uh, but right. the problem is, and, and he, he is named on, in the 78-man preliminary squad for our Olympic team, the under-23s. Mm -hmm. The thing is, you send a kid that young over to England, they might get the idea that, you know, I'm going to represent England. Do you think that it's worth the risk then of like, because, you know, Supersport United, these teams, they have they have some youth players who could make the jump over to England. Do you think that it's worth sending kids over when they're like 14, 15 for, for the opportunity to play in the Premier League? It's, it's, it's the only way, Slew. I mean, would you rather play for England or South Africa? <laughs> I mean, it's, you've got to, you, and, and, and look, I mean, that, that's a, it's a far fetch for what you're saying if you've got a choice between England and South Africa, because the probability of playing for England is probably a lot less than uh, if you're a youngster playing. I mean, look, I'll tell you something. If you're playing in Europe, no matter how good or bad you are, you're going to get a look in at the national team. Yeah. And that, that's just the reality of it. You could be absolutely horrific, but you're going to get first dibs into the national team. It's always been like that. I don't know why. It just is. Um, but for sure, if you're 14, 15 years old, you've got an opportunity, number one, to go study overseas and play football. Uh, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolute no-brainer. And yes, South Africa might uh, run the risk of losing a couple of players to the national team, but I highly doubt it. Uh, uh, one in a million, to be honest. True, true. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, Deco, do you think that uh, I'm perhaps um, creating a situation just to make it difficult? Because again, you know, Kegs, not to say anything about the kid's talent, we haven't seen him at the highest level just yet. Um, but one thing we do know is that that England side, everybody's trying to get in. It took Jack Grealish years to get into that England side, and he's one of their best midfielders now. So mm. do you think that maybe Kegs will probably look at the situation himself as a kid and go, you know what, probably best to represent my home nation? Look, Slu, I think, I think it's a choice that boils down to the individuals themselves and 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 we we need to we need to be aware that they need to be given a chance irrespective of our fear of losing them to to all these other countries i mean you look at all the big uh footballing countries in this continent your ghana your senegal there was a lot of players that are that went overseas very young and they always came back and not all of them but they came back and played for their country and that makes their country very strong as well so we, we we can't be naive and say we're scared to lose players uh, to play for other countries, so therefore we're going to let them go at 22 or 25. I think we've been speaking about um, the continuity and, and then the youngsters giving an opportunity, youngsters coming through the ranks and representing the country, but we're not giving them proper platforms. We don't, we're not showcasing them enough to actually be, be scouted or being given a chance overseas. We get stories in South Africa, yes, that the 18-year-old is signed with Dortmund. He never, he never played any any professional football in the country. You get surprised, like, how can you pass all these teams in, in in the country and actually be able to be sported by Dortmund? Then they actually like the quality. Yeah. So it's 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 one of those in South Africa. So and I think also the most difficult thing also in South Africa is, no matter how good you are, it it all depends on who you know. Hmm. You know, because because you can be a, as brilliant as you want and uh, nobody actually, people that are around you don't have the connection, they don't have the right connection. So you end up not being scouted at all. Back then, you used to have John Mosono that used to go around the country and, and get quality players from different areas. Now the scouts are relying on the videos. 
are relying on YouTube to see you play two two minutes and then nah he's good. But it was one that you played that game when you're playing against fishermen, and that day you were good, and then all of a sudden now you become this magnificent player you sign for whatever that you sign for and then the expectations are there and then you don't deliver but with all these European guys what they do is they follow the player from a very young age they know about a player when he's 12 11 year old so they start following about the, the player until it gets to a right age where they think that the player is ready to actually come through and be part of the development structure in South Africa we all know most 90% to 95% of the teams in South Africa they struggle with the development structure. I think they are there just to use them as conversations, but they don't promote players. They have coaches there that are not qualified coaches. Yeah. You know, that are not coaches that can actually help players to improve. Yeah. You know, you've got, you've got a, a, what is this thing that is now playing it's super disky as Lali, whatever the case might be. Yeah, yeah. There's so many, so many teams now have benefited from that. But imagine if we started this thing a long time ago where the younger ones, most, we wouldn't be going to Mozambique and buying whoever, a foreign player that is not going to contribute positively to this to the country. What else we can actually have Spelele, who's a young player that can be promoted and be given an opportunity. Yeah. I think, I think, I think now things are starting to turn a bit, but they're very, very slow. But for me is, I always feel like in South Africa, we've never been given an opportunity uh, for the youngsters to go overseas. Let them go, because at the end of the day, football is business. And we, we play football as much as we love the game, but we play also to, to feed our families and we feed to, to have that kind of money that we can also sustain us even after we're done. And in South Africa, there's no team that will actually give you that type of money, but we're always restricting players to go overseas. But we want them to have those type of ambitions, but whenever that the chance comes through, we don't allow them to. So it's 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 one of those issues, man. Give and take. It's a give and take. And, and you know, you mentioned the, 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 the multi-choice disky challenge. I don't know if you guys saw, but... That also got postponed, I think, because of yeah. related stuff. But it's yeah. a shame. It but, was, um, yeah. I think I think Sundowns pitched up to play Chiefs or something in the disky, and uh, I, I did. I, from what I believe, Chiefs couldn't feel the team or something like that. And yeah, it's said, getting you know what, guys, with these yeah. things. These yeah, co- we have to have a discussion about this maybe next week. But some of the rules don't make sense to me. Like there was Premier League games that got postponed because Manchester City players tested positive. But yeah. then Manchester United faced Man City last night in the EFL Cup, which doesn't yeah. make sense, you know. Anyway, it's a, it's a are you are you a, are you a Man United fan? Are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Are you okay? Manchester United. Yeah, yeah, because you you know Manchester United play play well when there's a penalty, and then Penalty's. Bruno Fernandes will come through with his penalty. Other than that, you know what? That's a perfect way to bring in. The international news day. <laughs> <laughs> food. We're going to be joined by the one and only international news correspondent, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. Kurt, how are you doing, bro? How are you guys? <laughs> all good, all good, and happy new year to you. Happy new year, fellas. How are you? So, we get to talk about this title race which, um, I mean, if last season was a runaway victory for Liverpool, I feel like this one could go all the way down to the wire and there could be five teams chasing that trophy. Uh, but the chief ones are Liverpool and Manchester United tied on 33 points. Manchester United with a game in hand. And, I mean, if you had t- told Kurt this at the beginning of the season, <laughs> at, like you might have thought you were lying but uh what what do you absolutely look you need to add um manchester city in that in that category right now um and not just to please sean and teko but just because they are playing really well but look liverpool began the season as favorites um looked like you know they've just started to show some weaknesses um but they've obviously had injuries in defense which we don't really need to Gomez and Virgil van Dijk and Joel Matip um, but also and if you don't let as a defence if you don't let Liverpool in behind you you give yourself a chance Salah and Mane in particular are forwards who want defenders facing their own goal and you know teams just seem to be happy to sit back slightly deeper um, happy to let Liverpool try and carve a way through um, as Salah is uh, you know as, as many goals as he scored at Liverpool he isn't really a creative player who's going to you know, split defences with passes. And Mane hasn't really been in great form this season either. So, you know, there's also 
unrest in the in the camp with um, Salah not being happy, which seemed to be confirmed by a lot of rumours. Uh, Jurgen Klopp has necessarily covered himself in glory with some of the things he said in press conferences. Um, and yeah, with United, it's consistent, but you know, it's obviously an improvement. I'm not going to get carried away as a fan, but um, you know, I, yeah, it's it's season. It's, it's remarkable to me, you know, I look at Liverpool, the lineup last night, it almost looked fake to me because, not last night, sorry, it must have been uh, three days ago now, actually, yeah. sorry, Monday. Um, but Binho and Jordan Henderson playing centre-backs, I mean, I, I know that it's a, it's, a, it's a COVID and injury list thing, but um, I feel like that's going to be a running theme all season where by the end of the season, every team is going to have an excuse like, ah, but you see in that match, so-and-so was on the COVID list. Uh, this and this and this player was injured, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like a lot of Liverpool fans probably are going to be making excuses like that. Do you think there is an excuse for the defending champions to be? Because I mean, they defeated Crystal Palace seven nil just last month, and then now they've been on they've been in poor form recently still and haven't opened any gap. Do you think there's any excuse for Liverpool to be in poor form apart from injury? I think there is because look. You need a little luck to win the Premier League. You always need a little luck. And, you know, uh, that includes players staying fit. And Virgil van Dijk was taken out by a horrible tackle uh, from Jordan Pickford, which we talked about at length. Mm. Um, suffered an injury that, you know, I think it was on the training ground during, um, for England, actually, before, mm. before. In, in, so I think they've been unlucky, um, but it's not necess- I don't think they can use it as an excuse. I think that all teams this season are, you know, having issues, like you just said, in terms of COVID-related things, um, in terms of... So look, I don't think they can use it as an excuse, but I mean, I just want to say one thing. There's a, there's a defender on Liverpool's bench called uh, Nathaniel or Nathaniel. And he would not be able to play in the PSL. I promise you. So Jordan Henderson, absolutely. Um, this uh, this kid on the ball. I promise you, two left feet. Uh, it's it's ridiculous for him to be at that level. Yeah. That is wild. Twenty three year old Liverpool player. You saying you saying he wouldn't make it out here? I, I promise you. I promise you. Get get Chipper to sign him. <laughs> I'll, pass it, I'll pass it to Sean and Teko as well. Yeah, looking at this at this race. I mean, let me let me paint the picture for uh, everyone who's listening. The gap between position number one and position number twelve is ten points. Um, so the gap from Liverpool to Leeds, who are all the way in twelfth position, is just it's just three wins and a draw, um, and. And the gap, I mean, it's Liverpool, Manchester United on 33, Leicester on 32, Tottenham, City, Southampton, and Everton all on 29. It's, wow. it's one of the most competitive seasons I've ever seen in any league. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of, I mean, Sean, you're a City fan. Uh, you're probably backing your boys. They've got three wins on the on the jump right now. Um, are there any favorites here? Uh, also, you guys have a lot of games in hand too. I must, I must say. But yeah. do you think that this is like open season? Anybody could take it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Me personally, I'm, I hope it's between City and United, just like the good old days. Um, and I think it might be. I think it might come down to the crunch. And I think kudos to the United board because it would have been so easy just to throw Solskjaer under the bus and say, "Cheers, thank you very much." But they're stuck by him. Um, and and City have are finally finding form. I mean, I was I was losing hope after Game Seven and just thinking, what is going on? I mean, I think me and Teko spoke about it at length. You had Sterling as a captain; he's not a captain, um, and he, he just just wasn't himself. But that all seems to have changed lately. So I'm going for a, a United City mm. um, up up to the last game sort of league um, or sort of season. But it's it's a season that's bizarre. I mean. I don't know what it's like playing in front of no crowds, really. Well, obviously, we're used to it in the PSL, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, like, at, at a Premier League level, what mm. it's like to play in front of no one and still you've got hundreds of millions of people watching on TV. It must be a bizarre and surreal feeling, and I don't know how that affects the performance on the pitch, to be honest. Um, but but that's, that's, that's an interesting conversation. And look, I, you know, I'll ask you this, Deco. Um, after Liverpool's dominance in the league last season, 
did you expect the league to be this competitive this season? Do you think that the rest of the league is responding to Liverpool's dominance directly? I think my opinion, Slo, is the last three to four seasons. I think EPL every season there's always been um, um, probably maybe a surprising team that does well, maybe fighting to be in the top four. It's no longer like back then where we knew that Arsenal will forever be there. But now we have um, um, Man City dominated in the last two seasons and Liverpool was just behind them and Liverpool dominated last season. So I think there's so many teams that are improving. You know, even in the market lately, you can see teams are starting to buy wisely because mm -hmm. they want to they do better. And I think that win for Liverpool has changed the mindset of many P um, EPL teams. And even this season, you can see now, um, there's so many teams also that you're expecting them to be struggling a little bit. You're expecting other teams to, especially the strong teams, to be winning every game, to be more dominant than than the others. But everybody's struggling. And um, and you're looking at, at Man City, you're looking at Liverpool, you're looking at United. As a coach, you, 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 your fear is, would you ever have your best 11 on the pitch? for every game because of the COVID issues. And, and that yeah. also disturbs um, um, the, you know, the ambitions of the team. You, you, want win the, you want to win the EPL, you want to be in the Champions League, but it's not in your control. For the first time, the teams themselves, the players themselves, it's not in their control. So therefore, I think this, this season, anybody can take it. And those who can are probably maybe the teams that are more disciplined off the pitch in terms of not uh, catching this this virus and also with a little bit of luck with no injuries. Don't be surprised if 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 so-called the smaller team winning it again because we see how uh, how the big teams have been struggling this season. Yes, it looks nice now on the eye on the table because there's few games at hand. You know, uh, uh, the margin of points is very small, but they are what. 16, 15 games in. There's so many games to be played, and there's and the, 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 this COVID issue is still there, still affecting so many people. And yes, at this point in time, even you'd expect, um, 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 even maybe with the injuries that Liverpool has, with the fans behind them, it'll be a different Liverpool. We all know how the fans, you know, uh, they, they they bring Liverpool into games. They've made them win so many games before. And you, you're looking at, at Manchester United, where things were not going well. If the fans were there, probably maybe Solskjaer would have been sacked by then. You know, there's, 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 there's so many things, maybe even Pep, because at some point he was not doing well. Maybe the fans would have been different to, to what the situation is. I, I think right now there's so many coaches that all, the teams will give leniency to because of the issues that are surrounding uh, uh, um, this thing. But in all fairness, is I think this season it's going to go down to a wire. It's not going to be uh, how it was to the past two seasons. I think it's going to be one point different or goal difference because of how tight it's going to be. Because you can see, like you said, you spoke about from number one to number 10. And these are top, top teams. These are teams that are playing very well. Yes, they might not win four or five games in a row, but these are teams that are still competing and they're 16, 17 games in. So there's a long way to go. But for me, is the strongest one that will keep surviving and, and being disciplined on and off the pitch, I think they stand a good chance. Yeah, that's a that's a very good. Can I just jump in there, Slu? Like, Teko makes a great point. Obviously, in terms of players being disciplined off the field, helping their teams in the long run until the end of the season. But you know, that's what we want to see. We want to see the Premier League be competitive. I think that yeah. a few seasons before that, and I'm sure it was enjoyable for you, Manchester City fans, where City kind of walked away with it. Mm. Season where. Uh, Jose Mourinho's Manchester United finished second, but it was by like 19 points or something like that. And this is what you want. You want to be 16, 17 games in and not have a clear idea mm. of who's going to win the league. You want to watch teams battle out right until the end. So it's really exciting. It's it's a great spectacle for everybody. Um, I mean, it's super interesting. I mean, I mean what, that's what, what, what City season, performance. What, what season was it when Aguero scored in the 95th minute and City won the league by one point? Remember? Oh, that was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, they did it two seasons in a row, right? Uh, that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that, Sean. Um, but uh, you guys, how good were John Stones and Ruben Diaz against... 
Carabao semi-final. Ah. Ah. Ah, Joe Stones. Ruben ah. Diaz is a baller, bro. But what I like about Joe Stones is, is many defenders with his height, they, they, they struggle to play with the ball. Yeah, and he's, he's so, really good on the he's ball. He's very good on the ball. I only, I always yeah. used to have problems with him not being aggressive enough because of you know uh, most of the centre backs in the EPL are so aggressive, but he's not that type of a player. But give him the ball, and he's he's so good with the ball. Even though Manchester, because Manchester United yesterday started pressing very high, I was nervous because mm-hmm. I know when Jones don't make mistakes, my friend, it goes in the back of the net. So I was, I was, when, when that goal was disallowed, when he deflected on him, it became a goal. I'm like, ah, here we go again. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know how he is, but he had a great game. And for, for, for me to see, to see this philosophy that has been emphasized by Pep, irrespective of who the opponents are, irrespective of the, of the pressure, you know, they, they still emphasize on the philosophy. They still want to play this way. I mean, it's so enjoying to watch. Yeah. I don't care whether they win or lose, but for the belief, for the coach to have that belief in the system that is going to work because it's worked before. I mean, I mean, I mean, just so I can even actually play him in the midfield as well. That's how good he is on the ball. So for me yesterday, I think he played superbly. They were just so good. The, the past. Like in midfield, Gundogan and Fernandinho and Kevin De Bruyne, just those one, two, you know, those 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 first time passes around the corner to play pressing you. It was just yeah. so good to watch City last yeah. night. Even though I'm a Manchester United fan and it was difficult to accept the loss because we didn't really, you know, rose to the occasion. City were just excellent. The crisp passing, I mean, they blew Chelsea on the other day. It was that good. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it, it's good to see a Pep Guardiola again it's gonna be a, a, a super sick matchup seeing them go against that tottenham attack uh because you know the, just the balance because man city also have a fire attack but i don't know if tottenham's defense is as good as city's defense but slew uh, man city's defense also is not as good because you you've got so on the other side you know tot- uh, you know tottenham plays with the counter attack they're using mm. speed going forward so we know that the position uh it's going to be in city they're going to sit back and 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 with Mourinho, he doesn't mind at all he wants to win the game so he's going to sit back and yeah. absorb the pressure and uh, on moments where city loses the ball that's where tottenham are dangerous and i think this will be one of the the, the most trickiest game for pep and it's for city as well because of tottenham are dangerous when they don't have the ball when they have the ball they are not dangerous because they're not they're not a creative side they just pounce on the mistakes that you do one pass forward son is out you know, they've got so much speed. Lucas, they've got so much speed up front there. So I think for me, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how your Joe Stones will be will be dealing with that so much speed because I think yesterday they avoided to have that because they had more of the ball and um, and they didn't play as uh, the high line that they normally play because they know Rashford has got speed. Your know, Marshall also has got speed. But will they adapt the very same system against Tottenham? It'll be very, very interesting to see. Yeah. By the way, before I let you go, I want to ask you a question regarding the league. Yeah. Which which outsider do you think has the best chance at winning it? And by outsider, I mean like not your typical big club. Like let's say your Leicester City or your Tottenham or your Southampton even, who are doing very well this season. Or Everton even, who actually have the second best record over the last five matches in the league. Um, and just look insane with Hamez in that, in that side. Uh, who do you think could like, shock the world and, and dethrone Liverpool or United? I don't know, Slew. I, I, could we consider Spurs outsiders? Mm. Because I think that they, you know, with Kane and, and Son in that kind of form, they are really difficult to defend against, like Teko was just talking about. But then let Because when last have they won the, the league trophy? Yeah, well, exactly, right? I think it was in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> Back when Sean was born. Hey. <laughs> But Leicester, of course, are you know really good to watch too. I think they have really good technical players, which often gets overlooked because they have a sort of counter-attacking style too. But they good side too. Okay, cool. So that uh, put put some Leicester City on your betway slips, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you very much, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield, for joining us on the international news desk. Ooh. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers cool, cool, cool. All right, we got uh, some PSL to react to. Uh, so obviously, we have Sundowns versus Pirates first. It was an important matchup. 
because we get to see what pirates are, are, are really made up. And, and honestly, one nil is a fair reflection of how things went. Uh, no side really dominated that game, uh, but a disappointing one for for, for pirates, I'm sure. Um, I, I had a, actually a few fans surprisingly say that um, that there's a lot of problems that they still see in this pirate side, despite them having been unbeaten for pretty much the whole season up until the Sundowns lost. What did you guys see in that in that result? Do you think that it's a it shows Sundowns dominance that they continue to win even against big teams, or do you think that um, you know a Pirates showed their weakness during the match? You know, Slu, it's a typical PSL game that one for me. It it, it really could have gone either way to be honest. Um, but Odango made a, a good couple of saves. Pirates have missed a couple of opportunities for sure. But again, it's it's when you're on this sort of form that Sundowns are in, you're not going to lose those games, are you? And and I'm not just saying uh, look. And Pirates Pirates played well, hey. They're, they're, in the midfield, they, I wouldn't say they dominated, but they certainly put uh, Sundowns on the back foot, back foot, certainly in the first 30 minutes or so. Um, but yeah, it, it's I, I, I find it very hard to believe how Sundowns are going to lose this league. I really do. Deco, <laughs> you played for both of those teams. What did you make of the game? Yeah, Chief, it was a long time ago. Any whomst. Um, look, for it was very surprising for me to see how Sundowns uh, change their lineup against uh, Orlando Pirates. For me, uh, I felt like uh, it's one of the most defensive Mamluri Sundowns team. The way the way they the personnel that was on the pitch you had you had you could see you had Mvala on the midfield you know you had Modiba who naturally is a left back you had Tapelo Morena playing wide who naturally is a right back so you had more more defensive minded players when they needs be and uh, for me it was like it would be very interesting to see how they're gonna actually dominate this game or try to win this game but when the game you know, um, was on, I could see the reasons why some of the players were chosen for that game. Orlando Pirates are very, they're very dangerous. They're like Spurs, they're very dangerous, but they don't have the ball because there was so much speed going forward. Mm. And uh, with the, with the, with Sundowns, they had the personnel to deal with that when, when that was happening. And they never gave Orlando Pirates space at the back. Uh, for them to use, especially your bullets, your launches at the back. So they always um, um, made sure that after losing the ball, they try to press as, as often as they can. Mm. And um, that actually, after the game, I started realizing that if if, Orlando, if Sundowns has matured so much that they can go on to a game and be humble enough to say, this game, we're going to have this strategy. We know we're not going to dominate. We're not here to dominate, we're here to win the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mentality they went with the Dallas Pirates. They sh- they showed a different personnel personnel on the pitch and they still won the game. With Orlando Pirates failing to dominate. And and I think Orlando Pirates could have used the ball better on the day. And but they didn't. And I think they could have dominated the midfield, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh for me, it was a sign of, okay, now I understand Mamlili Sundowns. I understand where they're going. I can see the vision. I can now realize, I understand this, uh, Mvala being part of the team. Mm. You know, he helps them with, with the set plays. He, defensively, he's a guy that plays very quietly. Mm. He does his job. He's no headlines, but he does his job very, very well. And you've got your Kutsi that is very crisp. That 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 plays that position at Mamlu Sun. He's the only player that plays that position very, very well. That tucks in as a center back when they needs to be, comes into the midfield when they're in position of the ball. I mean, it was very interesting to see. And I think at, at certain at certain moments, Orlando Paris couldn't defend that, couldn't press that. And and you could tell also after the game while the, why the coach was so disappointed that he felt that they could have pressed more. And the only way, actually, sometimes to beat uh, Mamelodi Sundowns, Sundowns are always going to start the ball at the back. If if you know if if you're not going to stop them from doing that, you 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 allow them to gain momentum, and once they gain that momentum, it becomes a problem. Let 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 Sundowns kick long balls. There's no tall player that plays up front, you know. And you gotta make them play helicopter. 
Exactly. You've got your Kemi Rasmus who's who's short. You've got uh, 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 who, who who yes, he fights for those long balls, but he's the only guy. So if you're not gonna allow, uh, if you're not gonna allow uh, uh, Mamadou Salan to play those long balls, then you say to yourself, okay, let me sit back and absorb the pressure. But it's 90 minutes. How long are you gonna absorb the pressure? Because this is a team that trains. With the with the with the defensive block, knowing that we're playing against teams that are going to sit back, this is how they train. So force them to play differently. And on the day, Mabel Sundowns forced Pirates to play differently. And, and Pirates, to a certain point, Sundowns became uh, they had that defensive block where it required the Pirates to actually play the ball, be patient, and create opportunities. They couldn't because they're using speed. So when they're supposed to slow down and have, you know, moment on the ball, put your foot down and play the ball and, and create opportunity, they couldn't. And they forced Pirates to play different. And Pirates are not used to that. They're used to playing with teams that plays open game where there's spaces behind. They can get your mango there, you can Lipasa there, your Pule there, your Lodge there, but they didn't have that space. So I think that, was, as, as, as a fan of football, I think Orlando Pirates needs to go back and, and find solutions on teams that are actually going to sit back and, and, and defend. Because in the last 10 minutes, Mamluton were defending Orlando Pirates were coming and it shows you as big team as they are if they have so many superstars within the team and uh, when the game requires them to defend and they defend as a team that's a sign of a team that wants to win the league that's a sign of a team that wants to dominate and like Shona said I don't see how Mamelodi Sundowns can lose the league this season and bear in mind that they've never had an opportunity to play their best 11 this season yeah. on the pitch just a quick one sorry Slew um, Mango not starting for Pirates you think that was uh, an error in terms of what you've just explained and how Pirates like to play yeah yeah I, I think I think what they tried to do was because they didn't have any other striker besides Mango mm. and 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 Mango was from form injury, right? Mm. And this is first game, and Mango's not on form. And uh, they, they, I think Zimbabwe looked at the situation like I need to have somebody to come in and impact the game differently. Yeah. And hence he had Mango on the bench because if he started Mango and then if you take out Mango out because he's not going to last 90 minutes, who are you going to bring in and continue with that? Because probably maybe thought, okay, like when Mamelodi Sundowns defenders are tired, then I'll introduce Mango. But then you play Juga Manja as a striker. He is not a striker. Mm. He's not a false nine. Doesn't doesn't know how to play a false nine. Mm. You know. So I think I think on that on that also I need to, you also need to we also need to understand that the strikers a lot of Paris strikers were injured. He needed to play the players that he thought that they could they could do the business for them. Yes, he had all the best players on the pitch besides the strikers. I think. Mango could have been introduced earlier on, but also he's not on form. The person that has been doing the business for them, I think if Lipasa was there, we would have been speaking about a different game because he's very aggressive. He would have made Yonasimento and Onyango there their back struggle. But yeah, yeah. we had, when 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 Mango came in, uh, Mamelu Sundowns was in control of the game and it became very, very difficult because you could see if it, Mango comes in as a free kick, he wants to take a free kick. My friend, you're not even warm enough. He wants to bend the free kick. And, I, and I'm like, I understand the pressure that comes with being a top goal scorer. But also he needs to remember what made him a top goal scorer because of the runs that he was making, the hard work that he was putting in. And it is a different, you can see the frustrations in his game and it's taking so much quality away from his game. And I think, with, I, think I still believe that the only team that can actually um, uh, con be a strong contender for the league uh, uh, besides Mamelodi Sundowns, it's Orlando Pirates because of the quality players that they have. And I thought after winning the MTNA, they would actually realize the kind of quality that they have within the team, and that will actually maybe give them an extra push. That hey guys, now that the, the, we, there's no domestic cup anymore or or whatever the case may be, let's push for the league because that's what's important. We want to win the league, and uh, and 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 I think they're still on the right track. But it's just that it's those type of games. So Mamelodi Sundowns game, those are the games also you want to win. And, and and boost the confidence. You can't be beating Chiefs uh, twice in a row and then and then and then that's it. And then you, you're done with the season. Your season you, you need to play all these big games and, and, and your big players are supposed to show off. And I think on the day, I don't think any big player from Milano Paris showed up on the day. Yes, they played they had intention of trying to win the game, but it wasn't good enough. Now you you mentioned that you think that pirates are best suited to challenge sundowns i'm backing moroka swallows this team ah. is they're getting the job done and uh, i'm gonna pass this question on to you 
But I just want to say, their game against Cape Town City is my favorite type of game. Mm. Like, end-to-end and just wild shit happened. There was two red cards in this match, five-goal yeah. thriller. Um, yeah. What did you make of this of this, of this this fixture? Yeah, it was, uh, like you say, Slew, if every PSL game was, was like this, um, <laughs> this would be a great league, but unfortunately it's not. It's it's like watching a paint dry most of the time. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was a breath of fresh air watching the game. Um, Cape Town City, sure, uh, not a good result, conceding three goals. Uh, Mor- Morocco Swallows, like you said, uh, slew. Yeah, I mean it's it's a pleasure, isn't it? It's um, it's it's great. It's it's the old Swallows. They're back. How long it'll continue, I don't know. Yeah, this is a this is the best a newly promoted side has ever performed in the league, by the way, and it's uh, and it's not close. I think they they have the best record at this stage in the season by at least four or five points, if I'm not mistaken. So they're doing they're doing the business. And by the way, a team that has started this strong in the PSL, the lowest they've ever finished is four. So Swallows are in a very good. Yeah, but also Slu is um, I love how Swallows play. I think we spoke about Swallows in one of the podcasts and um, he's been the coach has been very consistent with his lineup and his subs and his personnel on the pitch you can tell that he doesn't change much he doesn't want to disturb the team much but you also need to look at the fixtures as well on on the type of games that uh uh um, has played i think this one is against captain city was the game that they were actually tested other than that, I don't think they've they've had like a tough fixture that they would say, sure, we worked hard for those results, you know. And 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 they played a they played a team that is um, very very disrespectful on the ball. Captain City doesn't respect anybody when they're on the ball. They don't care who they play. They want to dominate the game. Mm. Morocco Salas also stood their ground, and it was very impressive to see that that type of open game. But what I'm saying is, I haven't seen. Um, any 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 changes made or big changes that has made been made by Swallows, which means in the second league on the second round of the league they're gonna need to be putting on because there's gonna be suspensions, red cards, or form all those type of things. And and I don't I don't think they've got a strong bench to actually come and continue what the guys are doing right now. And I think that's where you win the league. The league you win with the people that you never started with. You know, and I think I think Orlando Pirates have the players that haven't played much that they can actually continue and finish the league off. Mamlid Sundowns, you still have your Josh Maluleke, you still have your Kapingas. There's a lot, there's a list, there's a long list of players that haven't played that can finish the league off. Morocco Salos, if they finish fourth on the league, I was actually having a conversation about this. If Morocco Salos finishes fourth on the league, that would be great. Because you can, t- they're not speaking. They're not even speaking about winning the league. Morocco Salos was in the position where they started. They said, "We want to survive. We want to play well." Yes, they're in good form. They're playing very well. Entertaining football. That it's nice. But we all know when the leagues are lost and when they are won, it's on the second round of the season. I just hope they will continue with with uh, with this fine form that they're in. But I'm saying their bench hasn't been tested. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, um, another team who's in the hunt. Uh, you actually, I covered this game, Deco. I'll also ask Sean about this, but uh, SuperSport United. Um, you know, I was looking at them and the games that they have in hand, and I was going, you know, if if they had won last night and then they and then they won their next game in hand, they would have been level with Sundowns and Swallows. But unfortunately, yeah. they dropped points last night. Uh, what did you make against uh, their fixture against Chippewa? Um, so that was my uh, my thinking behind it before the game. I'm like, they've got two, there are two games behind of the, the log leaders, and if they win these two games, they're equal with points. And as a super sport team, looking at your squad, that should be the message in a dressing room. But I tried to listen to the coach before the game started. He was talking about the dominance of home of home ground advantage and there's no crowd my friend uh, there's no home ground advantage now on COVID-19 uh, but anyway any home ground advantage if you play for Chiefs or South Pirates yeah yeah, yeah yeah but but this is my concern has always been about super sport is they do have capabilities they do have the players to actually try and win the league but I don't think that's the message in the club yes I don't think I don't think there's ambitions to do that 
Um, it's not a priority. Can, it's not a priority. And you can even tell even yesterday when the way they were playing, like they were playing in patches and uh, they're playing against a team that is struggling with confidence. You've got a guy in your team that scores for a living. <laughs> and then and then and then you play in patches. You clearly you're not a team that wants to win the league. You 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 want to be there but if it happens it happens but it's not a message that has been driven into the team. So so for me I'm still disappointed with with how Supersport are are conducting themselves in the games. I think Supersport should be we should be having conversation of Supersport being third or second on the log because of the quality play because of the continuity that's within that team. That team doesn't sign too many players. They continue, you know, the coach has been there, the players have been there and they understand each other. Yes, I gave credit yesterday to Chipa because there's a new voice and the new coach. You know, they were very energetic yesterday. They played differently from how they used to play. But I still believe that Supersport had plenty of opportunity to win the game. And they didn't. And for me, these are the kind of games that they're going to regret at the end. That, you know, if we won that game, we could have been, we could have been. You know, there's certain teams when they play, you can see the intention, even though they lost the game. Like, for instance, look at Amazuli, the way they play. You can see the intention that they want to be in the top eight. They want to do well this season. Supersport, guys, if I wish I played with Bradley Robla, I promise you, I wish I played with that. That wants to score for a living. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you play in patches. Come on, guys. I think Supersport deserves better. And I think that's the message that should be driven into into especially this this season when when they you must understand Vets University is no longer there. So we so now we we're speaking about the big three and there's always outsiders and outsiders has always been vets and super sport. So super sport has taken over. They need to be occupying that space where vets uh bit vets where vets was fighting for the league. Vets was fighting for the I think super sport has the capabilities, but whether the message is there or not, that's another story. Sean, do you think do you think uh, it's time to stand the man uh, to try and change the culture there because you know i've heard i've talked to him and he, he's mentioned like oh I, I, w- I would like for us to finish fourth so that we don't have to deal oh, uh, with uh, uh, calf competitions or <laughs> uh, i heard when gavin was winning uh leagues three times in a row he he talked about how he was told to stop winning so much do you think that the culture there is to be, is to be up there but not at the top uh <laughs> Look, I'll tell you something. If if Krobler gets injured, they will be fighting relegation again. Yeah, like it's, well, not relegation. True. They'll they'll be they'll be struggling. So that's all I can say, Slu. They, they've got a striker who's on form, who should have moved. Uh, if if I was Bradley, I would have moved uh, at the end of that last season for sure. But uh, he's, yeah, they've got the best striker, one of the best strikers in the league at the moment. Um, and that's really, I wouldn't say it's all they've got, but he's scoring, like Teko says, scoring goals for absolute fun, and that's what you want as a nine. Mm. And um, look, if, if, if Supersport wanted to win the PSL, Supersport could win the PSL. That's all I can say. 100%. They've, they've got the means to do it, and I don't know why they don't. Um, maybe they want to sell. What's the space. Maybe Supersport will sell soon. Who knows? We're going to see. We're going to see. I wonder. Uh, maybe maybe it'll be Bidvest United. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, real quick, uh, let us jump into this story about uh, Aaron Mukwena joining Cape Town City as an assistant coach. We love Aaron here at, at the SL Podcast. He's joined us on, on uh, the big interview. Uh, great guy, legend of the game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see these guys uh, post-career um, being involved. And I think Cape Town City has some players that could benefit from from Aaron McGuinness' wisdom and guidance. You know, I'm thinking of uh, Atabo Nodada, for example. Um, what do you guys make of him, Sean? What do you make of uh, Mbazo joining Cape Town City as assistant coach? Look, I, 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 I don't know Aaron as a coach. Um, I don't know if many players do or, or, or many other coaches, but uh, it's great for the game. It's, it's, it's absolutely great for the game. And I think uh, Brent Corlsa had a nice little write-up. I'm not too sure where, where it was, whether it was the kickoff or the Duma or on his Facebook page, talking about the progression of ex-players into becoming coaches. And it's, it was, it's a great read. And um, this is another step towards it. Um, you know, you kind of think that Aaron McQuenna played for big teams in Europe. Why is he not coaching in Europe? But it's good for us, don't get me wrong. But I'd like to see... Uh, imagine that. Imagine Aaron McQuenna, uh, imagine Benny McCarthy coaching big teams in Europe. That'll be cool. But yes, very happy for Cape Town City. Like Quinton, by the way. Quinton Fortune. Like he's, Quinton. 
yeah, he's over there coaching in England, uh, former Premier League player too. Hundred percent. That's what that's, that's what you want to see, Slu. That's what you want to see. But uh, but take nothing away from what's been happening. Here. It's it's great for Cape Town City. It's great for SA football. Um, and hopefully this is the start of a, a new coach coming through the ranks. Just like Manip now at, at Amazulu as well. It's great. And Nomveti at Amazulu, it's great. So um, let's hope that more and more come through. And hopefully take on Odisa as well soon. Uh, never. <laughs> Teko has said on this podcast that he doesn't want to do coaching. It's because uh, no one will hire him, that's why. No, no, I'll, I'll tell you why I don't want to coach. I still feel if, if, I've been, if I can get an opportunity to to be an assistant of a coach that I know for a fact that I'll learn so much from him, then I'll consider that. Mm. But but for me, I don't think there is a guy now that I can say, you know what, let me come and assist you and learn from you. Even not being an assistant, but just being around them and taking notes and, and all that stuff, you know, and not to disrespect other coaches, but I mean, I, I analyze where living now, so I know what I'm talking about. Anyways, uh, first of all, before we speak to uh, about Aaron, I think Vasily was doing a great job at Captain City. He's been there since the team started. Um, I think he's been a soldier that is very quiet about his job, but behind the scenes has been exceptionally well uh, doing well at Captain City. He's that father figure that players can go to. He's very knowledgeable about the game. And for sake, his son is a mascot for that team. And it was very surprising for me to see him leave, which I understand. Um, you know, we've got opportunities and uh, you worked well with, everybody wants to work well with uh, people that have worked well with before. And if that opportunity comes through, we understand that. As for Aaron Mukwena being back into South African football and being part of Cape Town City, it's, for me, it's questionable. Nothing against Mbazo. I played with him. He's been my captain for so many years. Yeah. But... I'm, 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 I'm saying um, um, it would have been nice to bring in Mbaz when Vasili was still there mm. because you want Mbaz to learn as well, right? You want Mbaz to understand what the... Mbaz never played, only played in South Africa when he came back, especially for Vets, probably maybe half a season. He has never played in the league. So you want somebody that understands the league very well. You can know football, but understanding the league is different. Different story. So I, I, I just wish that Mbazo could have been there when, when Vasili was still there so that, you know, there can be that, you know, um, the transformation could be very sweet for Mbazo. But now I'm saying, if God forbid, if Ricky Ricky bounces off, Mbazo is not going to be able to take over. Yeah. And, 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 and that is very challenging for, for Cape Town, for a team like Cape Town City that is very ambitious. But also it's great for football because this is the former Bafana Bafana captain that played in Europe for so many years, coming back into the country. He wants to coach. Kudos. That's great. Yeah. All the former Bafana Bafana players, the greats that we actually watch them play. Now they want to coach. That's fantastic. That's great. But also, I'm I'm also saying, uh, 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 I'm sticking to what Sean is. I've never seen Mbazo. I don't know Mbazo as a coach. I've, yeah, I've never spoken to Mbazo football. You know, so I don't know where his football <laughs> mind is. Not everybody yeah. that played the game can be a coach. Yeah. There's not too many Zidans out here. Mm. There's not, yeah. no, but it's true, guys. It's just that it's, I, I promise you, even in Real Madrid, that there's going to be guys that will come out, say, after retirement, they'll be like, ah, but Zidane didn't, didn't give me anything. Mm. I was just respecting mm. the guy because of what he's done for the game. Do you want to be that type of a coach to be respected because of what you've done for the game or because of what you're contributing to the game? Yeah. That's why I don't want to be a coach just because I'm decomplete. I want to be a coach because I am actually contributing to the game. I'm improving players. Because I know for a fact that if I, I was improved earlier on in my career, I could have been a different player. So that, that's why I don't want to coach because I don't feel like uh, I don't. I, 80% of the coaches in the PSL, they're not there to improve the players' performances. Ooh, ooh. And that's the hard truth right there. Uh, from there, as my sound engineer lets me know that, we are cutting it close with the time. So I'm going Cut to go it. this week in football history. Today we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. Uh, this week in 1866, a man named Ernest Mangnall was born in Bolton. Uh, if you don't know who he was, he was 
the manager of Manchester United who took them to their first two titles. He also later managed Manchester City. This week in 1963 saw the longest round in FA Cup history kick off. Severe winter weather conditions forced postponements of matches that stretched all the way out into the middle of March for the same round of fixtures. And this week, back in 2011, one Xavi made his 549th appearance for Barcelona, wow. tying a then club record set by Nigeli back in 1988. Wow. And from there, we look forward to the weekend of football action. And here, I'm just going to rush through and get your prediction. So we, su- we start with uh, Sundowns versus Barroca. Who's your money on? Sundowns. Convincing or? Sundowns. <laughs> uh, convincing sundowns win. All right. Take you. Hey, slew. Uh, sundowns, my friend. Um, um, not a convincing win, but uh, um, um, a comfortable win. Guys, <laughs> the Chiefs versus Maritzburg United. This one's fascinating to me because, one, we have to refer to this technically as a bottom of the table fixture. <laughs> Two, uh, this is the reunited. Unsmitted uh, uh, the guys who fired him. You know what I'm saying? The matchup. So, what do you guys think of this match? Who do you, who do you, who's your money? Um, I'm going for a two-all draw. Okay, I'm going for NS Mudindab winning this game. Wow! Imagine. No, it's 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 they did him dirty, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> Chiefs Chiefs fans will have a meltdown. Honestly, trust trust me because I know how technical this guy is. Is a very good tactical coach and technical coach. So I think with how uh, Marisbeck has been structured lately, it's going to be very difficult for Chiefs actually to score. But I know for a fact that Marisbeck will score. So it should be an interesting one. And in the match of the weekend, Orlando Pirates versus Morocco Swallows, which I'm going to call... I'm going to call... I'm going I'm to try and offend as many Gossi fans as I can with this statement. This is the new Soweto Derby, all right? <laughs> what do you think? Who's your money on, Sean? Swallows versus Pirates. Oh, man. It's a, it's a biggie. Um, I, I want to say a draw and be boring, which I think it will be, but I'm going to go for a Pirates win. Pirates win. Interest, uh, like, a, what would you say? A 1-0, 2-1? Uh, 2-1 victory, yeah. Uh, Deco, who's your money on? Nah, it's going to be a draw. For me, it's a um, 1-1 draw. 1-1 draw. That'll be, uh, that'll be interesting, you know? You know what's funny about looking at this table is that Sundowns and Swallows actually aren't the... I was thinking that it was Sundowns, Swallows, Pirates who are unbeaten. But it's actually now Sundowns, Swallows and Golden Arrows. Wow. If Pirates don't collect enough points, Arrows could actually overtake them this weekend. Um, and Arrows have only won twice this season. <laughs> yeah, too many draws, eh? Mad draws, bro. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, one way... Uh, to 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 get you to a better result. Uh, I'm trying to find a way to segue here. I'm, I'm failing. <laughs> um, bad. Bad. Let's just get into a car of the week. Well, as bad as my jokes, bro. <laughs> um, this week's car of the week is Sipalela and Tambo's Turek V12, VW Turek that is. Uh, Volkswagen have taken the potent six-liter V12 from their feet and saloon and placed it in the humble Turek, thereby producing one of the fastest 4x4s on the market. Power is a mighty 450. Oh, what do you call this? A, a megahertz? No, it's not megahertz. What is it? 450? power something like that. i don't know I'll, I'll think of it now but the v12 needs it as it has to pull around two and a half tons of hardcore suv air suspension is standard but the ride is still firm while the Turek's sporting intent is emphasized by aggressive bodywork and a huge 20 inch alloys seen as a genuine rival to the porsche cayenne just 5000 v-tubs v12s will be built all to special order not for the unreasonable price of one million rand for me, an eight and a half out of ten. Interesting. You know mm. what's weird is the uh, VW four by fours are not very popular out here, but VW is very popular. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I, was, I prefer the Tig one. The Tig ones are cool. Yeah, they're very nice. Eh? Mm, big time. You see the four by fours. It's it's basically a range. It's like it's like on the same level. Um, Beautiful. And uh, you know, in twenty twenty one, I think we all want to start the year right Sean and we do that with some inspiration some motivation yes, set our year off this week's motivation comes from Linda Mtambo he says 
dreams delayed ain't dreams denied very very nice yeah you know what i like about, about him by the way he's one of the players who keeps his shirt tucked the old the old school shirt tucked. But <laughs> i like it unlike unlike taco medisa ah <laughs> uh, chief well chief i was i was i was being fouled a lot so there was no way my shirt will be tucked in all the time <laughs> fair enough fair enough good comeback get pulled a lot too so that thing's just gonna get pulled out uh, but that is how we wrap up episode number 58 of the car wash video you've been listening to us on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts. Yeah, we're not on the fm this week unfortunately because Damn. we're recording a little bit late but uh we will see you all same time same place next week i have been your host Sleep Paho. that has been my co-host mr sean roberts we- and that has been our other co-host it's your magic dance. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a car.